And uh, this week, of course, was a week where we took time to thank the Lord for his many blessings. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Leviticus, the 25th chapter. While you're turning there, I want to ask for special prayer for May Miller, who is in the hospital even now as we speak. And uh, we ask the Lord to touch her and bless her life and bless her body in the name of Jesus and to bless this family. And uh, we also want to say a week from tonight, everybody say a week from tonight. December 3rd, Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we're going to be having a great time here in the house of the Lord. We're going to have the Indiana Bible College Concert Choir uh, here, and uh, they're going to be uh, blessing us. Uh, We're going to have Minister Denzel Tubbs with us, and uh, we're just going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. You don't want to miss that uh, service. We're going to be hearing some fantastic uh, singing and ministry, and so we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, So do come, be a part of that uh, a week from tonight, December 3rd, and we're looking forward to the Lord blessing that service. Amen. Leviticus chapter 25, I I want to read a few verses of scripture in your hearing. Verse 18, the scripture says, wherefore you shall do my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land in safety. And the land shall yield her fruit. And you shall eat your fill and dwell therein in safety. And if you shall say, what shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year and it shall bring forth fruit for three years and you shall sow the eighth year and eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year until her fruits come in you shall eat at the old store the land shall not be sold forever for the land is mine for you are strangers and sojourners with me I want, to, I want to concentrate our attention this morning upon the 21st verse where the Lord tells the children of Israel in response to their question. They said, in the seventh year, what are we going to eat? Because we won't sow and we won't gather increase on the seventh year. So what will we eat? He said, on the seventh year, I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year And it shall bring forth fruit for three years. I will command my blessing. I just want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the subject, commanded blessings. Commanded blessings. Could we go to the Lord together in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, you have been so good to us. The bounty of your blessings leaves us full and overflowing. I pray that... In this house, you would minister according to your word to the hearts and the minds of those that have gathered. We pray for your anointing, Lord, upon the messenger and upon the message as it goes forth. I pray, Lord, that your word would challenge us, and I pray that your word would change us. Lord, your word has creative power, and we surrender ourselves to the creative power of your holy word. I pray in Jesus' name that it shall be done according to the glory of God. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Could we clap our hands one more time unto the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. It is God's desire... To bless his people. There is no question about that. Many may question it. But even so there is no doubt in studying the word of the Lord. That it is the Lord's good pleasure. And it is his desire to bless his people. So many times we fail to understand exactly how much the Lord would want to bless us. 
We many times get our own actions mixed up in the life that we're living and we take things into our own hands. We depart from simple faith in God and we proceed to kind of make a mess of things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But it is the Lord's desire to bless his people. The scripture says that it is the Father's good pleasure to give unto his children the kingdom of God. It is his good pleasure to give to his children the kingdom of God. In fact, he was explaining it to us and said, you know, how many of you being evil, I think that's an interesting way of saying it, because, you know, we don't really think of ourselves as being evil. We kind of think of ourselves as being pretty good folks. And yet the Lord said, if you then being evil, see, God just breaks it on down. Without him, we're evil. Without his righteousness, without his goodness in our lives, then we really are, are transgressors of the worst kind. And the Lord said, if you then being evil know how to give gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father, who is perfect in all things, know how to give good gifts to his children? He said, if your child walked up to you and asked for some bread, you wouldn't give them a stone. If they asked for fish, you wouldn't give them a serpent. If they asked for a big Thanksgiving turkey, you wouldn't give them something that was artificial and something that, that wasn't even edible. You, you know how to give gifts to your children. And, and, and you are, of course, in an evil state. Whereas God, who is good, who is great, who is greatly to be praised, knows particularly how to give gifts to his children. In fact, even when we suffer, even when we suffer, God is going to turn it around somehow to bless us. There is even a blessing within our suffering. We do not suffer in vain. I'm going to say that again. Not only do we not suffer in vain, we never suffer in vain. We do not suffer in vain. If you are in a position of suffering today, I want you to know that if you have turned your life over to the Lord, turned your heart over to the Lord, surrendered yourself unto God, then for you, ladies and gentlemen, there is no suffering that is in vain. But all things work together for the good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. It is the Lord's good pleasure to give gifts unto his people. Hallelujah. I could go on and on about the gifts that come from the Lord. The scripture says every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, from heaven above, the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The scripture says that, that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth the scripture even says the wages of sin is death which the sin wages are are death and that's an interesting way of putting it that sin brings wages you work and receive for your work the wages of sin but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Very important that we understand that, that what we receive from God is a gift from God. It is from the storehouses of God. It is the blessing of the Lord in our life. It is because of his good mercy toward us. Because of his good will toward us. Because of his blessing in our life. And he gives his blessing. As a matter of fact, he said to Abraham when he called him to go out and to to seek a city that had foundations whose builder and whose maker is God. He said to Abraham, I will make of you many great nations. I will multiply your seed like the stars in the heavens innumerable. I will multiply your seed like the sands on the seashore, unable to be counted. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. 
And some would say, well, that was for Abraham. But listen to what he said. He said, through you, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. This was not simply for Abraham. But he said, I'm going to raise you up because of your faith in me. I'm going to raise you up because of your obedience to me. And all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed through you. I can hear the word of the Lord saying, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. I can hear the word of the Lord saying, hallelujah, that, that, that a tender plant will grow out of a dry ground. That all the nations of the earth would be drawn unto him. Hallelujah. We are here today because of the blessings of the Lord upon a man named Abraham. Yeah, you may not have any natural connection to Abraham. I may not have any natural connection to Abraham. But thanks be to God who hath given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ who made us joint heirs with him and brought us into a covenant of faith that brought us into a commonwealth of promise. Oh, hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not preaching to people who are without hope this morning. I'm preaching to people who have hope in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know who lied to you and told you that yours was a hopeless case or a helpless situation, but let God be true and every man a liar. There is hope for you. And there's hope for your family. And there's hope for your marriage. And there's hope for your finances. And there's hope for your soul. I said there's hope for your soul. Hallelujah. You haven't damaged it so badly that God can't make it good. You haven't sunk so low that God can't lift you up. You haven't traveled too far that God can't reach out with his long outstretched hand, his tender mercies, his loving kindness, his graciousness. Hallelujah. Plenteous in mercy, slow to anger, and he can rescue you from the pit in which you have fallen. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We never suffer in vain. God wants to bless his people. Now, do beware of false doctrines. Beware of false doctrines that try to take the blessing of the Lord and twist it into some kind of, a, of an earthly prosperity uh, to the point that, that materialism becomes the goal. It was very important that we understand materialism is not what God is trying to bring into your life. Some people are taught that if they really believed God and trusted God, they'd be driving a Rolls Royce, have a big mansion, and, and have all the money at their fingertips. That's just simply not biblical. But I will tell you, the Lord, if the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want... I will tell you, hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord, that I've been young and I'm, I'm, I'm pretending like I'm still young and I'm getting older and I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. Listen, he'll make a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You shall not want. Come on, somebody, put your trust in him. Commit your way unto the Lord. And he shall bring it to pass. People begin to feel like somehow they're living beneath the blessing of the Lord if they don't have all of the riches that, that some say they should have. Listen, the scripture says Peter and John were walking to the gate called Beautiful, to the temple. And as they passed the gate called Beautiful, there was a man lame from his mother's womb. And the man looked to them expecting to receive alms from them. And, 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 and they fastened their eyes upon him. And when they connected with this man who'd been lame from his mother's womb, the scripture says, as he expected to receive an alms that Peter said silver and gold have I none now some would say if you don't have any silver or gold then you don't believe in the prosperity or the blessing of the Lord that's incorrect Peter had great faith in the blessing and the prosperity of the Lord he didn't have any silver and he didn't have any gold but he said I do have one thing and it courses through my veins like fire. I do have one thing. And it keeps me. And it follows me. And it overshadows me. Hallelujah. 
He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Took the man by the hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He began to walk and leap and praise God. Sometimes God will withhold the materialistic in favor of the miraculous. Sometimes we want God for a million dollar miracle so we don't have to live by faith anymore. God, if you could just give me that cool million, then I won't have to worry about what's going to happen next week or the week after that. If you just just bless me like that, and the Lord does bless some people like that, but he blesses us according to the way he desires to bless us. And I'm going to tell you, God knows what you need, and he shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. You don't have to consider or fret where things are going to develop. You can know that if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. You can know that if you'll delight yourself also in the Lord, he shall give you the desires of your heart. You can know. Hallelujah with calm and blessed assurance that if you commit your way unto the Lord he will bring it to pass oh hallelujah there's something amazing about knowing that God's got it look at your neighbor say God's got it God's got it God's got you God's got it he's got the whole world in his hands he's going to take care of it don't trust in the arm of your flesh don't trust in the government you hear what I'm saying don't believe that man has a solution that will come through in the pinch for you put your trust in God the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous runneth into it and is safe hallelujah in this passage of scripture that we've read the book of Leviticus chapter 25 we see this question from the children of Israel to God and they're saying to him Lord how shall we eat in the seventh year we don't know what we're going to eat in the seventh year the reason they were asking is because God was teaching them about the Sabbath and he said not only is the seventh day a day of rest but he said the seventh year is a year of rest and he said in that seventh year you are not to sow or to gather from your fields and and so you just, you just labor for six years. And in those six years, you sow and reap and sow and reap and sow and reap. But on the seventh year, he said, I'm going to give the land a Sabbath the way I give you a Sabbath on the seventh day. And I'm going to let the land rest from being sown into, rest from being being plowed and 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 tilled i'm going to give it rest so in that seventh year there's going to be a sabbath for the land and so it begs the obvious question they said well that's great that's kind of a cool concept but we got a little problem because in that seventh year while the land is snoozing we've got to eat While the land is laid back, relaxing, we have to feed our families. So, Lord, I want to trust you, but I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work out for me and my wife and my kids. Lord, I want to put my confidence in you, but I don't know whether or not I can trust the outcome. Because I know that if you don't sow, you don't reap. And you will reap what you sow so lord you're gonna have to help me in trusting you in believing in your will and your way for my life and isn't that the way it is sometimes we want to trust god but we wrap our fleshly thinking around it now here's what you have to understand this was a symbol of something greater this was a blessing that god was bringing upon israel it represented something divine it represented god resting on the seventh day i don't even 
even fully comprehend what all God is seeing in this seventh year of Sabbath. But I do know that whatever he says, do it. Because he's got a reason for why he's saying it. It doesn't matter how odd it seems. Go ahead and trust in the Lord. Put your faith in God. Do what he says to do. Because he's got a reason for why he's telling you to do it. So they said, we don't know what we're going to do because on that seventh year, we still got to eat. So what are we supposed to eat on the seventh year where the land is taking a Sabbath? And the Lord said, this is how it's going to work. You're going to work for one year. You're going to work for two years. You're going to work for three, four, five, and six years. Each year, you're going to sow and you're going to reap. But on the sixth year, there's going to be a divine interaction with the earth. He said, I'm going to look down upon your labor and Instead of you reaping the normal amount you would reap in years gone by, you're going to reap threefold in the sixth year because I will command my blessing. I will command the earth to bless you. God said my word will touch the earth that I created and I will tell the earth, hallelujah, to germinate like it's never germinated before. I'll tell the earth to produce like it's never produced before. It will yield fruit like you've never seen it yield fruit. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I've come to preach to you the blessing of the Lord. Listen, you can look for the blessing of man all you want. Jacob found the blessing of man. He deceived his father, Isaac, and he got the blessing of man. But there was going to come a time in his life where he'd have to wrestle an angel all night long and get the blessing of the Lord. You can have the blessing of man. I want the blessing of the Lord. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of people who have looked for the blessing of man. We're seeing it in Hollywood right now where a lot of people searched and sought for the blessing of man, trying to gain prestige, trying to step up the ladder. And they found that with the blessing of man comes so many perverse strings attached to it where they say, I'll give you what you want, but you're going to have to give me what I want and man is cruel and man is unjust and man is is full of every unclean thing oh but the blessing of the Lord is different see the blessing of the Lord maketh rich I said the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow I'm going to preach to you about the blessing of the Lord. He said, if you'll hearken unto my commandments, if you'll do my statutes. And before you start thinking, well, here it goes. Here comes this old-fashioned preacher telling me I got to do what the Lord said. You know, it would be amazing if society would do what the Lord said. They have spent so much time fighting the Ten Commandments from being placed anywhere in the public square. But I wonder what would happen if society really did stop coveting and really did stop bearing false witness against their neighbor or really did start honoring their parents or really did stop committing adultery and stop killing and stop stealing you hear what I'm saying I wonder if society would really adhere to the commandments of God what a wonderful world this would be we wouldn't have a Las Vegas shooter if this society would be baptized into the commandments of God You know what? We could line up, we could line a panel of, 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 of concerned people of all faiths, and they would all say, Well, you're right. We you're right. We we shouldn't kill. And we shouldn't steal. And we shouldn't you shouldn't commit adultery. And we shouldn't covet. And we shouldn't bear false witness. And yeah, there should be honoring of parents. Those commandments are so so very obvious to the, the rational commonsensical person the problem they have is that first commandment thou shalt have no other gods before me 
See, that's, that's where they say, no, 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 no. We don't want it now. We don't want it now. But I'm going to tell you something. He is the one God. He is the one true and living God. And, and you know what? You may not like it, but, but if you could hear this preacher this morning, I implore you, trust him. Trust him. He is the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And all they that dwell therein, trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. And you will find that he knows what he's doing. So Israel, Israel, you got to understand, man, I, I, I know it sounds unique but when God says I will command my blessing and that means God's going to command his blessing and when God commands his blessing that means everything that you come in contact with is commanded of the Lord to bless you nothing can enter my life unless it is here somehow some way to bless me well, I'm going to walk with the Lord. You, you, can, you can go whichever way you want to go. But my God commands his blessing upon me. So I'm going to hold his hand and let him lead me down a path that leads to life. And it doesn't matter what comes against me. It's commanded to bless me. Doesn't matter what rises up against me. It's commanded to bless me. Folks, I've had adversity be forced by God to bless me. I've had suffering forced by God to bless me. The enemy brought it to destroy me. But God said, no, I've commanded my blessing. You can't destroy him. You must bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why Jacob, when he wrestled with that angel all through the night, he was wrestling with that angel. And then and, and the angel said, let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let you go. Not until you bless me. Because you got to understand, I put my trust in the Lord. I'm leaning upon his word. I'm standing upon his promises. I've made up my mind. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. But I made up my mind that the Lord he is God it is he that hath made me and not me myself so you're not going to wrestle me all night long and then walk off like you just came to, to, to cause me pain that is going to come into my life no sir no ma'am this suffering doesn't just come into my life wreak havoc throw stuff around beat me up and then walk out Oh, no, 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 no. You're here to bless me. I don't know how it happens, but I've seen it over and over and over again where people will walk into the house of God and praise him while they're suffering. Worship. Hallelujah. Worship while they are suffering. And somehow, some way, God takes what the devil meant for evil Turns it for the good. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You say you don't know what kind of pain I've been through. If you'll give the pain to God, he'll command the pain to bless you. You don't know what kind of betrayal I've experienced. If you'll give the betrayal to God, he'll command the betrayal to bless you. Hallelujah. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what I've been hiding in my spirit since childhood. Listen, whatever it is, give it to God today and the Lord will command his blessing. Y'all have heard Brother Nick Mahaney preach the word of the Lord. Who would have ever thought that that man who who went through so many near-death experiences because of drug overdose, who would have ever thought that the Lord could take that experience and command it to bless him? 
facing 45 years to life in prison who would have ever thought that God who is rich in mercy God who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think who would have ever thought that God was able to take those circumstances and command it to bless my God have mercy God will take that disease that's ravaging you right now and command it to bless you I don't know how. It's in the storehouses of God's wisdom. It's in the storehouses of God's power. But I've seen him do it over and over again. The scripture says that Elijah was by the brook. And while he was by the brook Cherith, the Lord commanded the ravens to come and feed him. The ravens brought Elijah his Thanksgiving dinner. Hallelujah. The Lord commanded them. You know, ravens are not feeders. Ravens are scavengers. Ravens aren't looking to feed folks. Ravens are looking to eat folks. And the Lord said, today your assignment has been changed. I know you are normally a scavenger, but we're talking about a blessed vessel today. So you are going to be a blesser, not a curser. You're not going to be one who curses. You're going to be one who blesses. You're not going to be one who scavenges. You're going to be one who blesses. I command you to bless Elijah. And the Lord does that in our life. He'll command things. He'll command people to bless you. That they, they don't even know why they're blessing you. But because the Lord has commanded them. The Lord told Elijah when the brook dried up. Elijah, he said, go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow to take care of you. Elijah shows up at Zarephath and like knocks on the widow's door. She opens the door and he says, hi. I think you, you might have been expecting me. She wasn't. She had no clue. The Lord may have commanded it, but she didn't know about it. And she was like, well, whatever. He said, I'm hungry. She said, well, good for you. I've got enough food for me and my sons, and we're going to die after that. This is our last meal. But blessing walked into her house. And blessing said, no, no, because the Lord has commanded you to bless me, you're going to have more than enough for you, for your sons, and for people in your neighborhood. Hallelujah. She has said, all I got is this little bit of oil, just a little bit of oil left. The miracle was that when she poured out that last bit of oil, the oil was still there. She used it again and it was still there. She used the rest of it and it was still there. She kept using the oil and the oil never dried up. See, see, come on. We, we become rich and increased with goods to the point that we have need of nothing. We need some old time Pentecostals to get up here and just tell somebody, I remember when the Lord told me to go preach 200 miles away and I didn't have any fuel in the tank. So I laid my hands on the gas tank and said, in the name of Jesus, had no money in my pocket, but got in the car, got there, got back. See, we don't want to have to depend on God like that. God, you just fill my coffers with all the good stuff so I don't have to trust in you. But oh, if you trust in the Lord, he'll make a way. He'll make a way. He will make a way. Hallelujah, he will make a way. I said he will make a way. In his infinite wisdom, he'll make a way. In his awesome power, he'll make a way. Oh, bless his holy name. Oh, bless his holy name. See, the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Now, folks, he's working this blessing over. Good measure. That means lots of stuff. Pressed down like a bag of leaves. Shaken together. Running over. But notice this. Shall men give into your bosom? So, so in other words, I, if you'll trust the Lord and give, that's referring to time, talent, and treasure. What you've got to give. Go ahead, give it to the Lord. And he will give unto you good measure, down shaken together running over 
Jesus said one of the most perplexing things in the, in the scriptures. He said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, folks, that doesn't make any logical sense. To give, it's more blessed to, to, to give than it is to receive. Because if I give you a $20 bill, you're blessed by that $20 bill, and I don't have it anymore. So it kind of makes sense that you're a little bit more blessed than I am as the receiver than, than me as the giver. But, but see, here's what you got to understand. When I give you the $20 bill, you become blessed by my resources, which are limited to the $20 bill. But when I give the $20 bill, I become blessed by God's resources, which are unlimited. The little lad with the five loaves and the two fish, as long as that stayed in his lunchbox, it remained five loaves and two fish. But the moment that he put it in the hands of Jesus, he went from a receiver to a giver. And the fish were multiplied. And the bread was multiplied. And multitudes were fed. Hallelujah. It's the blessing of the Lord. It's the blessing of the Lord. It's the commanded blessings of God. Hallelujah. I remember a pastor friend of mine who was in the middle of a building program. And he was trying to establish this, this building. And they were giving, giving, giving. And, and God help us in the name of Jesus, folks. We're fixing to build this building in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody agree with me in Jesus' name. Oh, it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. It's going to happen. And we're going to be launching into that. But this young man or this pastor friend of mine, he was praying and he said, Lord, we've got to have the funds to do what you've called us to do. And, and so, you know, lead us and guide us, help us. And the Lord spoke to him and said, there's going to be someone tonight who's going to give a substantial sacrificial offering. Well, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So he goes to church and he, he preaches. He said, now listen, but before I close out the service, he said, there's somebody here who the Lord has moved on your heart to give a substantial sacrificial offering. And I'm going to wait until you acknowledge who that is. Man, that's, that's bold because you might be waiting a long time. I mean, people like, God bless you, Pastor. I hope you find out who that is. Amen. Y'all have a good afternoon. We, we certainly do pray with you that the Lord will come through. And so he stood there, and the moment it came out of his mouth, he thought, uh-oh, I'm going to be here by myself. It's going to be me because I want to be here by myself, and everybody's going to be gone. So he said, no, the Lord told me. Somebody here has a substantial sacrificial offering. So they waited, and they sang, and they waited. And then, to his utter shock, his young son stands up from the back of the church. Starts walking up toward the front. See, what's interesting about this young man was that he had just come of age to where he was going to get a long-awaited gift. So they had a little jet ski that they, that they were able to take down to the lake and, and utilize. And, and this year... It was going to become his for the first time. And so he came to the front and he had that key to the jet ski that he just had. And he put it up onto the pulpit and he said, Dad, it's me. The Lord has been dealing with me. Dad, would you sell this jet ski and give the money to the building fund? And his dad looked down at the jet ski and looked at his son. And, you know, when he first saw his son stand up, he thought, what's he going to give? I'm going to have to give him the money that he's going to give to the... This is really not working out. He said, could you please sell this jet ski? And, and the pastor, before he could even answer, there was a man in the church so moved by it, he jumped up and he said, Pastor, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the jet ski. How much is it? The pastor said, well, my goodness, it would it, 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 it sell for $3,000. He said, $3,000. He wrote a check for $3,000. Brought the check up to the pulpit, handed the check to the pastor, grabbed the keys from the pulpit, put it back in the hands of the young man and said, there's your jet ski.
The young man took the keys to the jet ski, put it back up on the pulp and said, sell it again, Dad. They ended up with $21,000 that day for the building fund. What's amazing is I was preaching at a, at a, a scholastic academic competition a few years later after hearing that account. And I saw this young man's work that he was doing. He was excelling in so many areas of education. And, and he, was, he was like blessed of the Lord. And when I looked on it, it dawned on me. The favor of God has come upon him. The blessing of the Lord has settled on him. God has given him victory. Hallelujah. And is established his future because of the fact that he trusts in the Lord hallelujah I think he ended up with a jet ski anyway praise God not being not being not being so so tightly held in your conservation that you can't trust in the Lord I remember we were in Buffalo New York and my my neck began to give me trouble I was preaching and, and that Sunday morning my neck began to hurt so bad I thought I had slept on it wrong maybe had maybe it was in line of the air conditioning vent and it was so painful I thought man I got to get this crick out of my neck and the more that I the more that I kind of catered to it 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 got really bad to the point that it was finally leaning over so far that my earlobe was touching my shoulder and I had to preach that night like that I'm preaching like this. And, and then it began to go into horrible spasms. And I, I, I went down to the altar to pray for people. I, lay, I raised my hand to lay hands on them and pray for them. And, and I would go into spasms. It was horrible pain. And so the pastor's wife said, we need to get you to the, to the chiropractor. And, and so I did. I went to the chiropractor. And, and they worked on it a little bit. And and kind of got to where straightened up and they put a net brace around me. They said, you need to get home now and see your doctor. We had driven to Buffalo, New York from Kokomo, Indiana. And uh, my wife that next day came down with the flu. I had my neck going into spasms. She had the flu. Our children were little. Four and one. She had the flu. I had neck spasms. She was going to have to drive home because I couldn't turned my head to look and find the peripheral. I, 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 was, I was in total pain and, and, and the spasms were intense. And so I, I didn't know what to do. We were in our hotel room. We were getting ready to leave the hotel to get into our car. I couldn't even put my, my coat on my body. I, 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 I was in such horrible pain. And so I called the bell service and I said to the bellman, I said, could you come help us? I said, I need you to do literally absolutely everything for us. I said, my wife is sick. I am having spasms in my neck. I'm in terrible pain. I said, I need you to take the car seats and put the car seats in the car and, and, and buckle the car seats in. Then I need you to pick up my children and put them in the car seats and buckle my children in. And I need you to put every last suitcase and every last little baggie into the car. And, and, and this is, this is going to be a big job. And so this was several years ago. It was, they were very small. But I got to the, I was leaving the hotel room and I thought, you know, I'm going to give him a $20 bill. I'm going to give him a $20 bill for being so helpful and kind. And so we were, we were walking out the door, and uh, as we were going to the elevator, I thought, well, you know, 15. 15 is nice, too. I mean, the elevator doors opened, and I stepped inside, and I pushed floor one, and I thought, 10's not bad. And uh, so I got down to the main floor, and as I'm walking out of the elevators, it's down to eight. By the time I was standing in front of him, it's down to seven dollars. God's perfect number. God's perfect. I had this all rationalized in my mind of why this was the will of the Lord. And I'm standing there, and I, I was so out of it. I was, I was in so much pain. I couldn't move the wrong way, or I'd go into spasms. And this, this very kind gentleman had just loaded our car up spectacularly, got us squared away, and I'm going to stand there and become, become stingy with what the Lord has blessed me with. 
And so I said, look, I said, uh, here, I'm going to need to get some change. So here, let's, I'm going to give you this 20. You give me a 10 and five and five ones. And then I'm going to give you, hold on, wait, I'm going to give you two ones. Now, wait, give me that five back. Okay, now I'm going to give you a, a one. Here, give me four ones, and then I'll give you three ones. If you get, here, give me that 10, and I'll give you back the five. I was trying to give him $7. It was cut and dried simple, but I made it as complicated as you could imagine because I, was, I wasn't thinking right. So we got in the car, and we took off. We got to Erie, Pennsylvania, and I was doing the math in my mind going through each transaction I had made with that man, and it dawned on me. He tipped me $3. That's what happens when you start getting stingy with what the Lord has blessed you with. So I went back to Buffalo, New York, went back to that hotel, and I found that man. The next time that I traveled there to preach, a few months later, I went back to that hotel, found that bellman. I said, do you remember a con man in a neck brace who ripped you off with $3? He said, I I don't remember being ripped off, but I do remember a man in a neck brace who needed a lot of help. I said, well, that was me, and I didn't treat you the way you needed to be treated. I've come to give you a double portion blessing today. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It's never something you'll regret to just trust in the Lord and say, God, I'm going to bless those that you are blessing. I'm going to give, and I know you will bless me in return. I'm not doing it for the blessing, but I do it without reservation knowing that you have me in the palm hallelujah of your hand hallelujah Deuteronomy chapter 28 it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and they shall overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket. Blessed shall be thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and they shall flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in the storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. If you believe it, could you lift your hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your praise unto the Lord right now. Come on, lift your praise unto the Lord right now. Come on, lift your praise unto the Lord right now. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed when we come. Blessed when we go. He's going to bring down every stronghold. I said he's going to bring down every stronghold. He's going to give you the victory. He's going to give you the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Could we lift our hands right now and praise him in this place? The Holy Ghost is here. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. If you could stand with me right now in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I had a great-grandfather who came to America from Iran. He was Persian, and he came to America as a first-generation American. He came seeking the American dream, but he found much more than the American dream. He found the Lord God. He found Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He gave his whole life to God. He repented of all of his sins. He was baptized in the precious name of Jesus. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he 
And he lived his life for God. He spent every morning, he spent the first three hours of every morning, he would, he would wake up early enough that he could spend three hours in the presence of the Lord. And he would just tinker, couldn't play the piano, but he'd just tinker around on that piano and sing in his native language unto the Lord. And he'd, he'd get up from the piano and he'd begin to praise the Lord and worship the Lord. And he'd go from that place and he would look for people to bless and people to strengthen. He would preach the gospel to whoever would hear him. He went back to Iran. He preached the gospel in the middle of Kurdish massacres and, and, and barely escaped with his own life and led people safely into Russia. He ran into the Bolshevik revolution in Russia and, and nearly lost his life again. But he established an underground church that survived even up unto the fall of the Soviet Union and is still thriving today. God used him because he was willing. He he surrendered his life to the Lord. He would walk onto trains. He didn't have money to get where he needed to go. He'd walk onto trains and he'd say, Okay, Lord, who is it that's going to pay the rest of my fare to get where you want me to go? And the Lord would direct him to whoever the Lord had commanded to bless him. And he'd say, I believe the Lord has instructed you to bless me. And they'd say, Well, yes, sir. And they'd provide him the rest of his, the rest of his need. It's just the way he lived his life. So when I sat around a Thanksgiving table this week, four generations later, and I'm looking around at the multiplication of God, the fruitfulness of God, and I'm looking around at children and children's children and children's children's children who rise to bless the name of the Lord. I have to simply stop and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you're tempted to give up on right now, but I'm going to tell you something. If you put your trust in the Lord, He will command blessings in your life. I don't know who's, who's, who's getting ready to throw in the towel and turn around, but if you put your trust in the Lord, He'll command blessings in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Could we offer a thanksgiving unto God right now? Could we offer a thanksgiving unto God right now? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. That's it. Just give Him thanks right now. 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 Come on, you focus so much on the negative. You focus so much on what's been going wrong. I want you to look over your life right now. And I want you to see what areas that you are responsible for. The things that you have messed up. And then I want you to look at what you've given to God and see how He has blessed it. How He has multiplied it. How He has prospered it. In the name of the Lord. All across this house, let's take a moment with uplifted hearts, uplifted voices, and give thanks and praise unto the God of our salvation. Come on, right now, that's it, in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. He's kept you, he's kept you, he's brought you through, he's brought you through. In the name of Jesus, he's brought you through. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, fire and sweet.